Hey everybody, welcome to this new episode today for you. Uh, I just want to clear up uh, one thing or two. Um, when Blake was reading the introduction, um, he actually misspoke, and we know that K.K. Downing is the guitarist for Judas Priest. So I guess he just uh, misread what you hear on this episode today. Um, it was a real honor interviewing Mr. Owens um, during country for me, and I know Blake Blake has uh, that same feeling. Uh, so just sit back, relax, enjoy a cup of coffee, and enjoy our interview with Mr. Owens. Thanks. Bye. Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Hey everybody, welcome back to When Words Fail Music Speaks. My name is Blake Brosley. I'm joined today by James Cox and uh, our next guest on the show here. Uh, we have a very, very special guest. Um, he is an American heavy metal singer who currently performs with KK's Priest, Spirits of Fire, The Three Tremors, and A New Revenge. He first gained attention as the lead singer of Judas Priest and then Iced Earth. He took the nickname Ripper from the Judas Priest song, The Ripper, during his time in the tribute band British Steel. In 2020, uh, Owens was announced as the frontman for the band's KK, uh, KK's Priest, which also featured former Judas Priest drummer KK Downing and Les Binks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mr. Tim Ripper Owens. Raise your fist. Tim, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Awesome. I'm very privileged that uh, we we share a, a a name as well. My first name is uh, Tim, so uh, all right. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. well, let me let me straighten a couple things out. KK Downing is a guitar player from Judas. Oh, Priest. excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, he was the not only was he a guitar player in Judas Priest, he was the founding member of Judas Priest, guitar player, and also just so I will let everybody know why I remember this. I left Spirits of Fire now. They got a different singer. I left them, and, I, and I'm doing, you know, doing all kinds of other things. So uh, we'll talk about that in the show. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, we'll catch up. Right. I got all that from uh, the Wikipedia, and you know how wrong they constantly are. So I'm, I'm glad you uh, – yeah, because yeah, I knew that KK was, a, was the uh, original um, member of, of Judas Priest. Yeah, but I yeah. Didn't, you know, but I yeah. totally misread uh, mis mis that and just put – That's all right, yeah. So. And and for me, being in different bands, it's hard to keep track of who I'm with, anyways, because I sing on so much stuff that nobody, I don't even know what the hell I do <laughs> or do. So I don't know what's going on. Right, right, right. You know, it's funny. Like I, I, I found a playlist on Spotify that was just a lot of features that you've been on, and uh, it was it was a it was a compilation of features and then um, just different bands that you've been in, and it was like almost five hours long. Oh. And uh, yeah, <laughs> when, you go, when you go to my Wikipedia page, it's, it just goes on forever. And it's funny because since COVID started, I've really done a lot more guesting. And, you know, last year I did two records with a band called Pyramid. That's that's coming. Pyramid just released one now. They're like a like a progressive metal band, uh, you know, and, and obviously KK's Trees and Three Tremors. But I I did so much last year. Uh, last couple years of guesting and I listen this week I, I did three different songs for different people all over the world so you know Perfect. because I can't tour right now I have no you know it's kind of like you know either get a proper job or I'm do music for a living and sing on right. stuff yeah because um before um we ha I I even asked you um, to come on our show um I I noticed you did cameo and that's been a big 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 thing for um, people who, who can't tour right now um, you know, people can request yeah. whatever they want you to say, and you'll you know you'll do it for them through Cameo. Um, so um, was was that a big, 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 uh, big? I don't want to say profit, but did, I mean, like, 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 did that? Um, 
It yeah, helps. Yeah. It helps okay. a little. You know, cam- the profit cameo is I have my price pretty low. I don't feel like someone's going to spend a fortune to have me give give a message. I get quite a bit of them, and I love to do them. They usually go over three minutes long because I just talk and waffle on. But mm-hmm. the problem is what people don't realize is if they go through the, the app to do it, not on a website, Cameo, Apple and Cameo take a percentage. So usually Cameo takes 25% by themselves. But if, if you do it through the app, Apple takes 20% and Cameo takes like 15% or, or, or Apple takes 25% and Cameo takes 20%. It's really mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, I can always tell when someone does on the app because I look at the money I get and I go, holy shit, I'm not even making any money. <laughs> but I love doing it. It makes, you know, it makes a little bit of coffee money and, uh, sure. uh, you know, whatever. But um, really the, the bread and butter right now without touring is, is doing. And I, all I do is I put on social media, hey, I'm off the road. I could do a guest appearance on your on a song or two on your record. You know, I probably I'm, and I'm not kidding you. I probably did five records with bands last year. Um, uh, you know, you can go to my websites or all that stuff to figure out what I'm, what I'm up to. And uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, cause, yeah you've been busy. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So my first question, um, I'm blank. You don't have to question, but, uh, but uh, okay. So I, so I always ask um, who you like better. Um, I, I normally do Deftones or Incubus, but today I'm going to do, Ronnie James Dio or or Ozzy Osbourne and why no, is it Ronnie James, Ronnie James Dio? Dio? Yeah, you, you already knew that was coming. I mean, listen, I, I love Ozzy and I love, you know, yeah, that's just fantastic. That's such an uh, underrated record. Yeah, it, and it's really heavy. I mean, the production wasn't the greatest on that. The production was a little crappy, but it's funny. The production was crappy then. But now that I listen to it as it's, you know, whatever this is, 20, 30 years later, whatever the hell, 30 years later, whatever it is, now it sounds better. But, I, I mean, I love Ozzy. I love his Sabbath stuff, his, his solo stuff. It's fantastic. But Ronnie was just such a songwriter and uh, such a great person. And his voice was just magical, yeah. man. I mean, he was magic. Yeah. I mean, it. he told stories. My girlfriend says, when Ronnie sings, it's like he's singing something. It's like you're, he's telling you something. You know, some people, maybe I don't do that all the time. She, I, maybe that's what she was <laughs> Maybe that's what she was saying. You just sing. Ronnie just, he's, he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I do love Ozzy Osbourne, but yeah, just like you said, man, Ronnie was, was one of a kind, Jim. You know, there was nobody like him and no, nobody like him after, you know, so it's, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, fantastic. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, uh, James, you want me to kick this off the, the question? So, all right, let's hop in the uh, the old time machine here and let's go back. Uh, can you tell us what the can you can you remember a time whenever you f- like fell in love with music? What was your introduction to music? Is there anything that just stood out to you that still holds uh, a special place in your heart? Well, it was definitely getting my you know grabbed my mom and dad's singles back back then you know they have the little singles remember i'm in my mid-50s so and uh listening to dion and the belmonts and elvis and uh and then my dad had aerosmith and rolling a big rolling stones fan and, and bachman turner overdrive so i but probably when i put on those records as a little kid and put on elvis and and uh you know like i said the 50s and 60s music stills and 70s music that era 50s to 70s is my favorite era of music and um it was it was then i just started you know i was always singing at school and uh it just kind of right away it kind of hit me your first band was brandicide i think that's how you pronounce them brandicide uh so so what yeah. bands were you really into at the time you started brandicide your first band i mean like, like like did you take influence from the like the 70s and 60s or like did you uh, because it was, because it was, yeah, thrash it was pretty crap. thrashy, pretty power metal. It, 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 um, it was really hard to describe that band because, uh, obviously we had the classic metal influences of priest and all that stuff, but the, the band originally was called damage incorporated, not thinking Metallica would even get very big. Yeah. And we, and we spelled it with two M's 
And then we went all original and called ourselves Brainside. And, you know, we like, uh, obviously, Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Metal Church, yes. um, Death Angel. These are kind of the influences that probably had, obviously, uh, Sabbath and, and Halford and, and Priests for me. But, um, you know, it was, it was really crazy music. It was very thrashy. And then it would go into like a jazz part. It was kind of like uh, maybe a more technical version at times of, or a crazier version of an, of an anthrax band kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. But thrashers are like, dude, this guy's singing. What the hell's going on? He's not like barking. <laughs> and then they would be busting heads out in the crowd. And all of a sudden we go, and they'd be like, what in the hell's going on here? So. You know, and we're still good friends. Unfortunately, the drummer just passed away, Tim Simmelsberger, but we're still uh, we're still good friends. You know, the guitar player, that was my first band. The guitar player, Dan Johnson, went on to be KK Downey's guitar tech at Judas Priest. Mm. And then he's been with the Black Keys guitar tech and stuff because they're from our area. And he's been working in the main guy with the Black Keys now forever. And Steve Trent, the other guitar player, is like a local guy, just jams, playing rockabilly and stuff. And, you know, it's pretty cool to, to still be friends with everybody. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, is, is, is there going to be like a like a possible reunion from Brain Psych of all these, all these old bands are getting back together and bringing back some old memories? And, and uh, it, I mean, if they're in plans, there's Yeah, probably no not with that. Also, John Weiler on the bass. One of the coolest bass players ever. I got to tell you guys to say that because I, I forgot John. John would have a thumb pick on. So he would play with his fingers, and then when the thrash part's going, he was—it was pretty yeah. awesome, man. Uh, but no, probably not. I'd like to re-release the right. music. I think if any band ever, probably there's two bands that would do something. Winter's Bane became a a much bigger band than Brandon Side because we kind of you know you know signed to a national record label, and probably uh, obviously everybody wants to do another Beyond Fear record, yeah. which was my first kind of. Record it on myself so that those are the bands that would come back you know and do something probably nice, nice. yeah very nice so uh what age were you when you realized first off that that you realized that you um could sing and then when did you realize that you had such a range like you do uh that was um that was perfect for something like a judas priest cover band um where you're singing rob halford songs where it's just Super well, I just, always, I just always sang them. You know, I had a, a yeah. different range than, than Rob. I had a little higher natural voice and stuff. But, you know, singing Dion and the Belmonts. I mean, I had to sing, you know, falsetto with Dion and the Belmonts or singing uh, Frankie Valley or, you know, or going, you know, I had to do all that stuff when I was a kid. I was doing it. But I think listening to the music I listened to was all over the place, you know, and I would try to sing those as a kid. If I couldn't do it, I would try to learn to sing it, you know, so. Um, but I think it kind of did it, you know, I mean, uh, it's funny because people will go, oh, he's trying to be like Rob Halpert. I'm like, I was I'm singing like me. I've been singing like that from. Well, I, I shouldn't say day one, because when I first tried out for a couple bands, I didn't really know how to approach it. And I would sing a Scorpion song. Everything I sang sounded like ACDC. It sounded like Brian Johnson. It was like, you know, uh everything was just raspy and you know just singing like that i had no idea how to do things even though i had the voice i wasn't really sure um so i didn't make the first couple bands i tried out for and it was kind of funny because years later when i had a, a jaguar and, and they were washing my car you know i was like hey remember when you guys uh didn't make me get in your band <laughs> and oh, yeah, i remember that <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty crazy, man. I remember watching uh, 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 the behind the music of of Priest, and um, when they got to the part where you joined the band, they they played the clip of the music video from Burning Hell, and you hit that note, and I was just Whoa. like, wow. right. "Whoa, good lord!" Um, so yeah, kudos to you. That is incredible. Unfortunately, I got to continue. Right. See what's <laughs> You know, the best part about like the couple songs that I did this week were very aggressive and, and angry. And, you yeah. know, because the greatest thing about my voice is that people realize now is, you know, there's clips of me on YouTube singing Sepultura with Sepultura. And they're like, holy, shit, you sound like Sepultura or Pantera. And it's like, that's because that's the kind of voice I have. You know, I have this, yeah. this voice that 
can sing something from Jesus Christ Superstar one minute. Now, listen, it's not that easy right. anymore. I mean, I have a lot of water and, and pray that I'm even gonna be able to sing. So it's, uh, but I have this wide range of, of vocals and uh, it's kind of lucky. So that's why I think I get to do a lot of singing with different bands because I, it's so wide. Yeah. I think if, 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 if you were going to, um, uh, model after a voice, I mean, I mean, Brian Johnson's the way to go, you know? So that guy, yeah. that well, guy I, kill it, you know? Listen, what's great about singing that is you could sing it quiet. So you can be like, back in black. You don't, you don't even have to yeah. do it loud. I had to say it. Help! Help! You know what I mean? It's gonna yeah. like, yes. This is That's awesome. You don't have to whip out. And go, yeah! You have to do stuff like that. It's like, oh no! Because all of a sudden you go to do that that same note. You go, oh, yeah. I don't got no voice, right? Yeah. It's not there. I love Brian Johnson, and and I have a. I can sing Brian Johnson style really well. Bon Scott's tough for me now. I can't sing that. He's Bon Scott's got the same thing that that Ronnie Dio had where he's got the sneaky high natural voice. Ronnie Dio is so hard to sing. And he's got this high natural voice that you can't tell he's singing that high. All of a sudden, I mean, you go to sing rainbow in the dark in the same tune that yeah. they're in. It's like, Holy sh man. I mean, tune this down for me, will you? Cause I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> well, um, uh, we know that you were in the car and then Jesus Priest cover band called British still. And uh, we do have a, I do have a question for you um, about the movie. I'm, 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 I'm sure you know which movie I'm talking about. But, um, yeah. yeah. Boogie, Boogie Nights, right? right? Yeah. Boogie, Boogie Nights, Nights. Nights. yes, sir. That's it, that's it, that's it. Uh, so, um, uh, so when you were singing with British Steel, or, uh, um, so how did Priest find out about your vocals? Um, did you, did you send in the tape or like, 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 like the movie? Okay. Uh See, what happened was British Steel started because I had a Winter's Bane was the original band signed. Now, this was 92, 93, where metal was pretty, right? You know, 93, 94, metal was just gone. Right. And we signed a massacre record labels. And we made a record and we couldn't tour. So some promoter in Columbus uh, said, um, hey, you want to do a, a Jewish Priest tribute band? You could tour as Winter's Bane. You could open up and you could do Judas Priest. So that's how we did it. We only did it for one year. In the very last two shows, some girls from Rochester, New York, videotaped the show. They, they drove up to Erie, PA, and videotaped the show. And they were friends with Scott Travis, the drummer from Priest, and they gave it to him. And that's how it all happened. And a year later, I was in a Seattle. The funniest thing is, I was in a Seattle tribute band when Judas Priest called me. And I was in the Seattle tribute band longer than I was in a Judas Priest tribute band. So I was singing Chris Cornell, which was awesome to sing yeah. Chris Cornell. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's one of my favorites. And um, I actually quit the Judas Priest tribute band because I, I just sounded like shit. I just was, you know, there's 10 people, 20 people in these giant places we were playing and I was singing like crap. I just walked off the stage in the third song one day and said, all right, I quit. You know, I'm done. <laughs> and... But they got the videotape and they and they gave it to Scott and took a dangle and said, "Hey, check this dude out." So, nice. uh, and I met Scott. I played Virginia Beats with the tribute band, and Scott got on stage and jammed with us. So I had met him before. So he saw me in action singing, so he knew what I could do. Yeah. So what was what was that feeling afterwards? Being being asked to uh, to join the band like that. That was crazy because I was a crazy fan in my in my high school days you know um unlike the movie portrayed me like being that when i was older well, i was i was that crazy fan in high school like the only pictures on my bedroom wall was was uh judas priest you know rob and, and glenn and uh kk the pictures up man it was like this is awesome uh it was great i mean i was because it came out of the blue you know i mean all of a sudden you get a call this was pre you know youtube and pre anything so they had to get a videotape I didn't send anything. I did, you know, back in the day, I sent a tape out to Anthrax to try to be, become their singer. But uh, I didn't send anything out. I just got the call. And it was it was amazing. I've always told I tell the story that the only bad thing about me making Judas Priest is I lost my heroes, and my idols, because we became friends. And I know it sounds weird, but these guys that you couldn't touch, man, they were magical. All of a sudden, they became my great friends and, and family. And uh so I lost those magical guys, you know, that, that were like, 
that. But it was an amazing feeling. It was an, an amazing ride. Uh, I had such a great time and they treated me so great. You know, it was uh, I had as much fun with with them, if not more than I ever did any in my whole music career up to that point. So um, uh, touring with uh, British Steel, the cover bands and many other bands that you did in the past before Priest. Um, I'm, I'm sure you, you toured in like small hall, small menus. Um, so, so, so yeah. what was the feeling like, like going from small venues to like big concert halls and like, well, like your first, your first show ever. I mean, like what, 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 what were you nervous? Of course. I mean, cause to go from a, a, a little crowd to like a stadium full of people, you know, I mean, that's gotta be. You know, I was ready. I wasn't nervous at all, to be honest, because I knew I could do it. So I was well prepared. You know, that the, I think the biggest change was obviously I was going through doing these clubs. To, you know, we weren't playing arenas or nothing at this time with Jewish priests because nobody was. I mean, maybe Metallica or something. But 1997, you know, people were lucky to even be able to play anywhere. You know, some bands just disappeared. You didn't see them for about five or six years because they couldn't do anything. It was the worst time for metal, um, but we still had great shows and, and, you know, played great venues. We played some really small ones every now and then, but still wouldn't be small compared to what I was playing. It'd be a small venue that would be way over fire codes. You know what I mean? It would be like just jam packed um, and small. I mean, you know, four or five hundred. We, we actually did that. But I mean, at the end of the painkiller tour, Scott said they were playing one thousand seat, fifteen hundred seat places. So. Um, that's kind of the writing was on the wall, but it was, a. I think the biggest change was going on a tour bus, you know, uh, staying in these great hotels. Uh, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of change, um, you know, and it being right. my job, you know, yeah. you had to be on, this is it. Don't right. screw it up. You know, there's no, no hiding. I mean, you're, anymore. you're out there in the, in, in the, in the weeds, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So were there any of the the pre songs whenever you you first got brought in that you were that you found difficult to sing um that was just kind of like look guys we're gonna have to either like change the key or something like that or any any of those no i've always prided myself on figuring it out this was a yeah. different era though it wasn't pro tools or, right. or auto tune right and they were trying to, to get the best out of me so with the the uh recording sessions were really long long days in the studio trying to figure this thing out because of you know new and then they would always say man this is how we record with rob it's the same way but it was difficult uh not to sing the parts just to get the character of the part or get what they want to come across with the part um glenn glenn realized that i could go from a death metal voice to a clean high note so he was like a kid in a candy store he's like hey do that do that crowd you know and i'm like okay yeah. so it was, it was a lot of fun yeah yeah, and and listening to those albums, um, Jugulator and Demolition, and, and and all that, like you can definitely tell that there's some heavier uh, and faster songs in there that, that was different from what they did. Um, was that your influence, your your thrash background, kind of coming in? And no, I that? think time. I think it was the time. I mean, Rob could do all that stuff too. I really think. Um, I think it was the time. I think. You know, Pantera was big, Metallica was big, and that was the bands that were thriving. And I think that's, you know, Priest always kind of listened to stuff. I mean, look at all of a sudden in Painkiller, Glenn's playing arpeggios, you know, and it's like he never did that before. And uh, yeah. so they always kept the ear on what's going on, you know. And yeah. uh, I think they had they had someone that they could try to get to do other things, you know. I mean, they're like, you do what we tell you. Yeah. Uh, so, um, as you know, and, and and thank you so much for sharing the, the the post. I asked my friends and asked um, you know uh, Instagram and Facebook, you know, if they had any questions for you. And this is one of them. My art, my my friend Art wants to know: um, Were there any any new new metal influences on it for the for the Demolition album? Uh, well, probably a little. I think again, Glenn, Glenn's son listen to music so i think glenn always kind of listened to stuff and said hey this is what's going on i mean you could tell with what's going on look at priest never made the same record except screaming for vengeance and defenders of the faith it's the only two records out of the same i think they always listen and change i mean look at turbo they're an art deco and they're all hair sprayed up and it's all you know 
synth guitars because that's what was going on. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, they just, I love the Demolition. I like, it's funny because Demolition's my favorite record out of the two just because vocally I think it's got more melody. Yeah. Um, but uh, they definitely would have, they've always done, you know, they've always right. listened to stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, so I hate Spotify for many reasons, but this is one of the reasons. Uh, all of the Priest albums are on are on your are, are, are on the catalog, but it doesn't have Juggalator on it. Do you know why that is, or like did it, did it not? Do... I don't. Okay. I don't know. I mean, they don't even sell. I mean, G- Demolition's oh, yeah, on there, yeah. but they don't. It's hard to get anything I did. It's like uh, they've just erased me, you know. So it's kind of uh, that's got to have something to do with the label. I mean, Spotify. I don't. I've never liked Spotify until now, to be honest. <laughs> now I'll actually probably listen to it. Um, but uh, they don't pay artists. Everybody's complaining about that. Well, it, none of it, none of them do. Now all yeah. of a sudden Spotify is getting picked on because someone doesn't listen to the Joe Rogan show. Um, well, uh, you need, first of all, before you bash a Joe Rogan show, you should probably listen to it and find out what's going on. It's kind of like saying, I hate Led Zeppelin and you've never even heard him before. I mean, you gotta, you gotta listen to something before you do it. Then you can make your judgment, but they don't pay artists. It's a ripoff. You know, three trimmers said you to Spotify and they didn't even put their record on there. We, we just made hard copies. It's not anywhere out there. It's only on hard copies. So, but I mean, I've been posting Spotify songs now just because of, just to be a smart ass, but uh, you know, iTunes doesn't pay YouTube. People watch YouTube all day long. It's not like the artists are getting from that either. You know, I mean, it's just that's the way it is. Yeah. You know, luckily this past year, uh, CD sales went up. People bought more CDs. Um, probably getting it with their unemployment checks, so they're probably, um, you know, running out to get some some CDs and vinyl. You know, but yeah, I mean, Priest isn't on there. You know, uh, my pre my the my era priest not only is it not on spotify i listen i would post it if it's on spotify because i'm not going to make any money from those records anyways so everybody can run to youtube and listen to them or itunes or spotify i don't give a shit because i don't get paid from it <laughs> yeah. but they've erased my era they've yeah. erased my era judas priest it's kind of how it is and you know that's their that's their choice you know it's not a race when people come to my solo shows because I'll right. play songs. Well, that sucks for yeah. me because your era was my favorite era of of, of all time, you know. <laughs> and I still encourage everybody to to go get vinyl because now, I mean, you you can't find like half of the stuff you grew up listening to on any kind of streaming service. It's it's, it's stupid, you know. I, you know, so I don't know. I so physical vinyl is always going to be better than than any streaming crap, you know. So yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I've always been a, I'm a fan of, of iTunes and stuff, but I've always bought my music right. from iTunes. Actually, I buy way more music on iTunes. Um, I always bought more music on iTunes back in the day because if you have, if you have a couple beers and then you, it's late at night, you wake up in the morning, you're like, holy shit, I, I downloaded, I bought the Osmonds, I bought, uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? I bought everything but Neil Young. I didn't buy any Neil Young. <laughs> Who buys Neil Young? You know, I mean, because uh, Leonard Skinner said the Southern man don't need to brown anyhow. So, I mean, yeah. I played better guitar solos than I probably oh, right, get the yeah. record. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. So, yeah. so and that's not a couple suck on guitar, right. just to let everybody know. <laughs> right. <laughs> So this this whole podcast that me and James have here, uh, you know, we talk about um, we talk about music, of course, but we also talk about uh, uh, our struggles with depression and um, anxiety and things like that. Um, and so we're 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 in touch we're we're in touch with our feelings, and we discuss it a lot. Uh, what whenever Halford came back to Priest, what were your feelings like towards that whole thing? Like you know. Was it uh, was it something that put you in a, a pit for a while, or how absolutely, did that? Absolutely not. Listen, at that time, I just finished the Glorious Burdens record before they kicked me out, so yeah. I already had a, I had something to go to, and and moving to from Judas Priest to Iced Earth was almost the same at that time because Iced Earth crowds were just as big as the right. Judas Priest crowds. Right. 
And um, it was a nice transition, a great record to record. I think the everybody else around me thought it was bullshit. They were mad. They're like, oh, Judas Priest. And, well, and it really wasn't. It was a good split. I mean, they did fax me or something oh, like wow. that. That was kind of strange. But um, what a way. But, to... you know, it was it had to happen for both of us. Judas Priest had to get Rob back. I had to go do other things. I wasn't making the money at that time in Judas Priest at the very end. So I had to go do other things. Sure. Uh, I was depressed on. Uh losing the friends you know not being with them i think that's the thing like i don't miss the touring because i tour more places now than i ever did i go solo from africa to you know beirut to wherever dubai i mean i'm all over the world south america columbia wherever it is but i miss right. hanging out with them you know i miss hanging out the dinners the going golfing the going to the pub whatever it was you know what i mean we had a great time but i was set musically they kind of made it as long as I stayed on the right path, they kind of set it for me to, to move forward, you know? So going ice earth made it a little, listen, if ice earth wasn't there, there would have been more depression. Uh, sure. And we always fight. I mean, when COVID hits, I got to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. So, um, you know, you get scared, you have, you fight, you have to fight that stuff. Everybody does all the time. Um, but at that moment, I didn't. I was kind of set. So I didn't have any, right. anything like so that. I do have yeah. one question about ice earth for you. Um, so we, uh, I, I was looking at um, the, the Glorious Burn, and it, and it read on the liner that you wrote one song. Was it because uh, uh, Schaefer said, you know, I mean, uh, were, you, were you encouraged to write more with, with Ice or uh, Ice Earth, or were you like, John Schaefer no. said, no, man, I got no. this? No, he just said, hey, you want to write this song? And yeah. It's called Red Baron. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And I got to write another one on the oh, next nice. record. So I, I was, he was, that's why I put Beyond Fear out because I'm like, you know what, fuck right. it, I'm going to yeah. write a record, you know? Which, yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's crappy that they, you know, I mean, because I'm sure you would have brought more, more to Ice Earth than what Ice Earth brought to us, you know? Yeah. But listen, I'm all, I was yeah. all right with it because that was, it's like being a priest. That was Priest and Glenn and, and, and Ken's baby and those guys. So, you know, they had to bring me in that not letting me write in Judas Priest is why I wrote the song Scream Machine and Beyond Fear, because I said, listen to this tune. That could right. be a Judas Priest song. But I got it with John Schaefer as well. This is stuff. Listen, I'm not a history buff, so I couldn't help out too much from <laughs> Glorious Burton. Anyways, I didn't do very didn't good. <laughs> school. And yeah. uh, so, you know, unless you're going to talk about what's going on in the world or yeah. or a, fair, a creature or whatever, I can help with that. But. You know, I have to go study stuff to write history stuff. So okay, so my friend Art also wanted to. Um, me and him want to know because this is my one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and like before, I said we were going to talk about Rockstar, the movie that was loosely based on your story joining Priest. But uh, he and I also heard that there's certain members of, of Priest were unhappy about it, and the producers were forced to change the title. Because I think it was um, Metal Gods that it was supposed to be called, and they changed the rock star. So. Yeah. yeah. See, they bought the rights to a story about me, which everybody always doesn't under get that. It was a New York Times article about me, and they bought the rights to that article. And uh -huh. uh, they called me about the movie and asked if it, you know they wanted to make a movie, and I, and I sent them to the management. And, yeah, I mean, they didn't like how they were being portrayed, and they didn't like the things that was happening. So the so the movie company said, all right, well, we will change some of the things we're writing. You can have nothing to do with it and we'll change wow. the name and you get no money. So it's kind of what happened. I really think it was stupid because a lot of it was kind of at the time that they didn't like a lot of it was kind of silly and, and similar. One person did run the band. Uh, this was going on. But then it it also had its campiness. And the band's like, we don't want the silliness. That's not that's not right. what it is. You know, that's so they what Judas Priest said was, we want some creativity in this movie. You can't just write all this without us having some say. And, and Warner Brothers said, you can have wow. no say. And so the band said, OK, we want nothing to do with it. That's how it happened. The band said, we want nothing to do with it because we were going to have music in right. it and everything. Yeah. And then they, and then the Warner Brothers said, "All right, no problem." So that's what happened. 
And again, again, another fantastic move by management. So none of us make any money and the movie goes on and it's always labeled. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not quite the blunder of going to four guitar players, but it still was kind of like, you know, so, why would, why can't right, something right, right. to do with it? So, uh, yeah. so, and I'm pretty sure you, by now you want, you want to watch the whole thing, correct? Um, so to you, how close was the movie? How, how, like, like how close was the movie to, to your story? Was it like, like not even close or was some parts correct and some parts like largely, okay. Not okay. okay. Not, not even close. Not even close. The only similarity was when he auditioned and he sang, they were, be, in my real audition, they were behind a, a booth in the studio and I sang out front. I hit the first note and they said, okay. you got the gig. Other than that, it wasn't, uh, but the funny thing is everybody's like, oh my God, he went to, and he ended and went and did some kind of Seattle music. And I always want to tell people, you do realize when I made Judas Priest, I was in a Seattle oh, band before <laughs> Judas Priest. So it wasn't right, yeah. reversed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the worst part for someone here was uh, being a, uh, you know, a sports fan and living in, in Ohio, they made the, they made the guy from Pittsburgh. And I'm like, Oh man, why'd you do that? Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it wasn't similar other than that beginning part, other than the tribute band, which still was even, you know, they made them, they made them playing yeah. in arenas. They made this crazy ass tribute band and, you know, the music wasn't very good in it. I didn't think. And, uh, um, but the, just that scene at, at the beginning was, 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 uh, pretty on. Yeah. Yeah. So after uh, after Priest, um, you have Ice Earth, um, your time with them, um, and then you did uh, Yingwei Malmsteen's Rising Force. Um, yes. And then, uh, you know, you had your solo album, um, Play My Game, released in 2009. Um, so needless to say, you were pretty busy. Um, I, I want to know about yeah. Rising Force, though. Like, what was what was that experience like? Uh, it was it was good. I really enjoyed it, you know, to be honest, because being able to do that with, with, uh, Ingbe, that, that came right after I thirst. So I landed on my feet right after that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, when he, you know, we're a lot different, his music than, than mine. So when he called and asked me, I'm like, you know, this sounds really great. I learned, get some new fans. I had a great time with him. You know, he treated me good. I know he said shit afterwards, and I throw his man under the bus yeah, all the time. Yeah. But you know, I I I quit the band. I never even announced it. You know, my manager at the time was Wendy Dio, and she called and said because Ingve kept trying to book shows, and I was torn solo a lot. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I said, man, he needs to get another singer. But we had a great time. You know, I tell yeah. you, I learned a lot from him. dude. Loves to play guitar. He yeah. play, he sits he sits around his house. And plays all the time. Yeah. You know, he's got, got 8 million guitars throughout his house. And he would just pick it up and play the blues. And I mean, he's funny. We had a great time. Uh, you know, like I said, I know he, he, he throws me under the bus now and all of his singers, but I didn't burn any bridges with him. You know, if he called me now and said, Hey, let's yeah. do a tour together. I'd listen to what he had to say because, uh, yeah. you know, it was yeah, good right. time. And it's a really, really hard dude to get along with. So, yeah. It's, it's yeah he wasn't for me i got along great with him cool, had a good cool. time that, that, that's all that's good to hear you know because you like like they're saying um you never want to meet your heroes you know because they can disappoint you so i guess yeah. that, that wasn't the issue for you so, yeah. I'm, so i'm glad that worked out for you um so yeah kk free okay so let's talk about kk's free the, the new the new project or the new band um so that consists of aj mills on guitar kk downing also on guitar uh, Tony Newton on bass and yeah. Sean Elg, I think E L G, yeah, on drums yeah. and and uh, James Bink on drums. Um, so that okay, oh, okay, so let's. Uh, James Binks was one of the uh, drummers and priests from I think seventy seven to seventy nine, right? Um, so yeah. but I know they. Okay, so there's two drummers here. Um, right? well, there yeah. isn't really. Les Binks gonna do it Les Binks right. was gonna do it and then he hurt his fist okay. and it just didn't work out so we said man we got to get somebody Charm. so I called my drummer from the three tremors and from cage and said I think this guy can do it I showed Ken and KK's like yeah this is great so but we I think when we tour if we can get Les to come out and, and do some guest appearances and have some fun with us but the drummer of KK's priest nice, is, nice. is Sean so with that said 
um, had you worked with AJ Mills or or Tony Tony Newton before you did before this band kicked off? I met Tony once when when KK and David Ellison and, and Les did a show, and AJ did it, did one show in uh, 2019 in November uh, at KK's venue in, in England. I met, but AJ and I met years before that. He's been friends with Ken, and Ken would come to my concerts whenever I played. KK would come out to the shows in England and hang out, and br- he'd bring AJ with him and you know, whatever. So AJ and I have been friends for quite a while. Um, but Tony, I just met, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, a, a no lose situ- situation with these guys. They're all so nice, good. Nice. How is it? Uh, how's it different from um, the the priest days? Like, uh, is it like the writing um, the writing process? Do you feel like it's easier? Like it's a little more relaxed than what it used to be? Or well, this Kate Ken kind of wrote all these and kind of was doing it beforehand, so it was already done. I think he yeah. wanted want to prove mm-hmm. a point with it, but mm-hmm. it's it's a lot different. I just go in and sing it. I listen to it. I, if I want to change something, I change it. I move the melody around. I I sing in the voice I want. It's a lot different now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's more relaxed. I just, you know, go in there and sing. And if I want to stop and have coffee or, or whatever, I'll, I'll do it. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, I said, I keep telling KK now, Hey, listen, send me the new songs that we're writing. Cause I'm, I'm in my studio, you yeah. know, uh, I can write right here to it. So, uh, but it's, it's a whole different thing. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm myself now and, and I've made a name for myself, you know, so, uh, you know, if I want to wear a fucking baseball hat, I'll wear a baseball hat. If I want to, you know, people bitch about the funniest things, my shoes, my hat. You're trying to be like, it's like, dude, I, I sound like me and I wear whatever right. the fuck I want to wear. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, yeah, so, 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 so uh, so many people would look, would look at you like, you're not metal. You're, you're like a, you're like a dad now. And you're like, I am a dad. You're not yeah. You're not metal, dude. So yeah. So that's, that's, that's. That's all hate, you know. So yeah, you can't run from hate nowadays, you know. So. I know it's funny. They hate everything. I love people. It's like Jesus, man. You guys are just—I've <laughs> never read. So- they go, your lyrics are corny, KK Priest. They said they wrote about. He came from Judas Priest. You had turbo lovers and parental guidance, and dude, breaking the laws and living after midnight. This is yeah. what metal's about. You're yeah. worried about. They're going. Well, that was in the eighties. Right. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you live, you love Brothers of the Road is cheesy lyrics, but breaking a law or, or Turbo Lover is these are yeah. heavy metal. We can write about whatever we want about, write about. That's what's so great about it, man. I mean, you can write about a monster or you can write about uh, a dictator, whatever you want. Yeah, James, I've got a question to throw in here that's not in our notes. Uh, it's uh, kind of off the cuff, but. Um, James and I, we don't believe in guilty pleasures, um, when it comes to music. Cause you like what you like is, do you, but it, do you have anything that people would consider a guilty pleasure when it comes to your, to your music? No, I listen to so much. I mean, you know, at the gym again, uh, you know, my, my, I put on the singles and hit, hit, you know, uh, rotate or whatever. Now I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I got anything on there. It's just everything. I love listening to the Beatles now that I got older. And it's funny because when I grew up, I didn't like the Beatles at all. I mean, I hated yeah. the Beatles. I don't know why. Maybe because my dad didn't. But now I love the Beatles. But I love to listen to good 50s, 60s, and 70s. Good stuff. I mean, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Whatever it is, I just love it, you know. Yeah. It's funny that you say that you hated the Beatles too. Cause I had a similar experience. I, I didn't for the longest time, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand why people were obsessed with the Beatles like they are. Um, and it wasn't until I met my wife and she introduced me to a lot of Beatles material that yeah. is not as popular. And it finally started to make sense to me. And I was like, wow, these really are a, like very good songs. And they were very talented guys. And um, I don't know if you've seen the the four-part documentary. That's, I've seen them all. Yes, I've seen yeah, them all. I mean, here's the, thing. here's the thing about the Beatles. Their career, what they did was this big. It was yeah. this big. This band yeah. looked like a whole different. They went from boys to hippies. And they look like within a few years. 
what people got to understand about the Beatles is they were compared to like a boy band that everybody's waiting to fail two years later. Okay. When are you guys done? When you hear the interviews with them, they're always like in these documentaries, they're always like, when do you think your careers are finally going to be over now? When's your time due? And it's like, (laughs) I don't know, you know, but I mean, what they did uh, is it's astounding. Really. When I watched that Rick Rubin, Paul McCartney special, Mm-hmm. And it is fantastic to watch Paul kind of just break things down. And probably one of the, un- which I never realized, one of the underrated bass players of all time. His bass lines are sick, you know? And, uh, um, but I, you know, I just, it took me to be a grown man to realize, yeah, I got to stop throwing them under the bus. But there's a lot of music like that that I, I didn't care for Journey in the, in the mid eighties. Cause I wanted to listen to Slayer and Anthrax and Judas Priest and Dio. So I'm like, I'm not listening to that guy right. sing like a girl. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, man, uh, you know, Journey comes on the radio now. And it's like, ooh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Every time. Crank it, it up. <laughs> I know. It's it's so weird how you get older and all yeah. the, you know, a lot of the hair bands or whatever I would just destroy growing up and hate it, you know. And then you get older and you're like, yeah, I would go to that kind of concert any day, you know. Yeah, because yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, because I felt the same thing with Molly Crew, but when I went to the to, to the concert, I'm like, man, why did I hate this man? This man is great now, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I love Molly Crew when they came out with "Shout at the Devil." You know, I think it was when they, to me, it's when they started wearing fishnets yeah. and and you know, I was like, oh boy, I like that devil right. thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they had me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my friend Art still wants to know. Um, okay, so when you go on tour uh, with with uh, KK's Priest, uh, will you be playing any Judas Priest songs? You know, because there's many bands that leave leave bands and form other bands, and then all the fans were like, "Okay, well, can I hear this song from this band that you did? Is it going to be the same with, with you, or are you just going to play the KK's other catalog?" Uh, we'll, we'll play. Uh, you know, we'll definitely play some stuff off jugulator and demolition for sure yeah. i'd love to play uh something off of uh of rock rolla that you know there's a couple songs like K- uh, kk and 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 al atkins wrote so it'd be really cool to do something like that yeah. you know we'll we'll play some but we're gonna really push the uh the kk's priest nice. songs for sure yeah. nice yeah so yeah. uh okay so um I, I, we have five more questions this is from rolling from facebook he asked when the when will the Judas Priest Ice Earth in the Mountain album uh, featuring you be released on vinyl? I know that you just said you have no control over that, right? Okay. Yeah, I have no control over any of those things. So hopefully they'll they'll get out there. I mean, I mean, if anybody wants to make money who did the writing on those things, they must not have they must not own the records because you'd have to be a complete idiot to not put them out there when you're the one making the money. I mean, you know. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's like McDonald's isn't going to switch hamburgers for hot dogs all of a sudden and go, ah, you know, we don't want to serve that hamburger. I know we'd make money off of it, but hot dogs are my choice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sakari on Facebook uh, wants to know, uh, said he said, ask him if he likes power metal. um, And if you ever thought about singing some more upbeat metal tunes with an uplift, uplifting message. Um, Any song that is not about humanity doomed to hell and damnation. Well, I mean, I'm glad that all power metal bands are religious, <laughs> loving peacemakers. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I've done power. Winter's Bane was a power metal band. Three Tremors is kind of power metal. Um, I sing about anything. I mean, I guess he's never listened to my material, so he doesn't really realize what I sing about because I sing about a lot about. I mean, I do sing about. Listen, when you live in a society like this, you know, and you got, yeah. you know, the people who run the America, you know, stumbling up steps and mumbling and jumbling and falling asleep. It's hard not to write about things, but sure. um, I write about everything from depression. Yeah. Um, I, I, I write about uh, um, everyday life, uh, love, you know, meeting my girlfriend. It's all like spirits of fire has got a lot of that on it, but I would write about all, I would sing about that. Absolutely. I, you know, uh, when you listen to my solo record, it's got pick yourself up, um, believe, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's got these songs on there. Um, but, you know, Winter's Bane was was kind of a power metal. That's what we were labeled, American power metal uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. And uh, Three Trimmers is really compared a lot. It's craziness, more of a thrashy power metal um, that is uh, very European style. But um, yeah. I, I like power metal as long as the singer has balls, you know, and it's got some, you know, I like yeah. to have some some ballsy stuff, you know. Sure. And, you know, and hopefully he's singing about good stuff, all wholesome stuff. Two more questions yeah. for you, sir. Um, Tim wants to know, um, will there be any new Charred Walls album? Uh, that would be Richard's call. I would love to do it, you know. Um, uh, it's one of those discounted records that I do where I get paid paid about as much to make the whole record as I do for one song for everybody else but it's so fucking yeah. good yeah it's so good the chard walls the damn stuff is so good that last record's my favorite so all Richard has to do is call wanna... me go hey buddy you yeah. do another record I'd be like yep yeah, alright let's do it sign That's me right, up yeah, buddy. Right. that means, means we're gonna um, uh, go eat some good food and have and there record go. some good there, music there go. one more question um, Eric asks out of all of the band experiences that you had, which one was the most fun? Oh, man, they've all been. I, I, I got to tell you, funny, about of all the bands I've been in that I had a lot of fun with, it was the band Seattle yeah. before Judas Priest because it was, it, I could drink uh-huh. more and and uh, it was crazy times, man. I could just have fun and, and uh, not that it's not fun. It was just we had crate, we're in a van, dudes in a van, you know, from getting fights to having a good time, but you know, yeah. they've all been so much fun. Listen, I was yeah, saying I mean, Judas Priest. Come on now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I went to, I got nominated for Grammy and I went to the Grammys. I mean, yes. mm-hmm. uh, I was living a dream then. I still am living a dream, but they, they started me off. So, um, yeah. I'm probably going to say nice, Judas nice. Priest really. Well, thank you very much, sir, for coming on and thank you for supporting us and sharing our, sharing our posts. And, yes, uh, and we will let you know when this interview comes out. All right, you got it, buddy.